views expressed on the Health on a Win podcast is not a substitute for the medical advice of your licensed physician, nurse practitioner, or any other health professional whose care you are under. Consult with your healthcare professional about any matters relating to your health and health needs, and before beginning any new health program or implementing any health information discussed on this podcast or on whatismyhealth.com. I mean, I think it's human nature to compare. You see something that you like and you yes. internalize it for yourself. And if you don't have that thing or you don't associate that thing with yourself, I think it's normal in a lot of ways to have like a, a not so great feeling about it. But I do think that you are starting to see more um, people posting the good and the bad. Or, well, yeah. again, I don't want to fall into that trap. But like, <laughs> I mean, even as conscious of it as I, I like to say I am, it's very hard not to use those terms. I'm trying to, like, uh, you know, the day, oh, I get it. but you are I... seeing more people, especially with the recovery accounts and things like that, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, they'll post pictures of themselves crying, pictures of themselves eating, uh, binge eating ch- cookies mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. and saying, okay, yeah, you know, like I, this was a moment of weakness for me today. I gave in and I ate a triple cheeseburger. Right. Um, but I think while it is hard to promote that i think if you make it this is just my belief but if, i think if you make it relatable it makes it a little bit easier for people yeah no i totally agree with that and i think one thing that i love is i mean talking about body image this is a whole nother piece of it but moms right like you're talking body image <laughs> having a baby is yeah. like a huge body image trigger right for some women and so that's a huge thing too like this idea that you know you have to look a certain way when you're pregnant and you're supposed to look a certain way right after you give birth and and all these messages that we get about how you're supposed to look right Mm -hmm. most of us have no concept of like what it's really like yeah and even around that there's a lot of great social media accounts for that and you know around body image for moms and people posting like what my body looks like after I just had a baby and what it really looks like and you know that being okay is huge for people because we don't see that no I I know that my wife I mean we you know she just gave birth a few months ago and she's in like a couple mom groups on social media Facebook Mm -hmm. and every now and then she'll send me stuff on Pinterest about you know these moms experiences and i think it's important what it's important from from what i've seen as an outsider observing her consume these these forms of media we were talking about how comparison can be a dangerous thing Mm -hmm. i do feel on some levels especially when you have people presenting what's not the most flattering uh, aspect of these things like when you have people presenting the reality and not like the girl who goes to the gym you know two weeks after she gave birth and is looking you know fit as anybody else um, when you have other people posting the opposite you know people struggling to get back to the bodies that they had or want to have after pregnancy I think comparison in those cases for somebody who is also struggling with that can be important and can be a positive thing mm-hmm. um, because it doesn't make you feel so alone. Right. I'm hesitant to compare myself to people or I don't want to compare myself to people as much as I do. But I think if you compare yourselves to a diverse, like 
just different reference points. I get what you're saying. I think there's a way to use comparison in a way that's helpful. Right. Right. Like if you're comparing in a way that's not helpful and it's just making you feel crappy about yourself, like that's not helpful. But I think when you can connect and compare yourself to other people and know like I am not alone, like other people are experiencing this. Yeah. It gives you hope and it's helpful. Right. So like anything else how can we use it in a way that's gonna get us where we want to be not keep us stuck right i think it it depends on who you're comparing yourself or who or what you're comparing yourself to Mm -hmm. like for me there was a point in time where i would look at you know um like if i was using a fitness as the example because it's the most one of the most visible ways to explain this but if i was looking at a fitness magazine and it's like the guy with the huge biceps and like the six pack Mm -hmm. abs like if i'm comparing myself to that all the time especially where i am right now if i'm being realistic like it's going to be a very long time uh and it's going to take require a lot of work on my part Uh by work i just mean effort and conscious like eating making better choices than i've been making because i haven't Uh been making the best ones but like it's going to be a long time before i ever see myself having six pack abs i'm Uh not saying it's impossible but I also know that I, I probably shouldn't be comparing myself to those people at this point. Right. But if I can... And the other piece is, like, I think for you and for anybody, like, is that going to make you happy? Uh, that's a, actually, that's a really good question. <laughs> I, I think on some level, I think as somebody who's never had a six-pack, at least at first it would make me happy because it would, it would feel like an accomplishment, you know, to have right. gone from what I used to be weight-wise and... Uh, lack of definition in my core <laughs> for you know or whatever have you uh to being able to say yeah you know what i put in the work and i i made the choices and ate a certain way and exercised and this was the result i think it would make me happy on some level to say that okay this is how far i've come mm-hmm. but i think a lot of that happiness does come from the fact that it would have been a very long journey for me Right. Um, it's not just about having the six pack. I think the most accomplishment I would feel if that, if I were to, you know, get myself into that kind of shape would would honestly be because I wasn't in that kind of shape before, and right. it would be right. more the process. Yeah, I think it's hard. I mean, it's hard. I think, you know, finding what's going to work for you and and thinking about, you know, what are your values and what's your ultimate goal. I think is the biggest the biggest piece of that. Um, cause I think it's so easy in our world to get sucked into, you know, the next thing, right? Like, even if we talk about something totally different and say, like, in terms of having things, right? Like hmm. people want the next biggest, greatest thing and you get it and, you know, it brings you happiness, but then how long does it give you happiness? And then if that's what you're constantly chasing, it's like, you're never happy. Right. right. And so it's same kind of thing like what's going to give you long-term happiness um and it's just i mean i think it's just proven fact for most people that like attaining whatever this body is that you're looking to get usually doesn't bring that long-term happiness or you know i mean it you get there but then is it like you're living this life of like constant (laughs) restriction and you know monitoring to to maintain it um not to say that people don't do it, you know, but I, yeah. I would really wonder, like, how fulfilling and happy their life is. 
I mean, I'd be interested to talk to people who have done that and sustained that because I don't want to assume that they're not happy that way. No. Like that, I think if I'm thinking about the type of work it would take, like I think for me to, to, to have that kind of a physique would literally have to be a full-time job for me. Oh, yeah. And yeah, me too. I think I'd have to cut so many other things out of my life. That's just not that's just not how I'm built. You know, my metabolism isn't that fast and my mm-hmm. muscles mm-hmm. don't react that quickly to things where like, you know, I would have to cut so many other satisfying things out of my life that I don't I don't know if that would really make me happy. Right. But, you know, for each person if your you know, if your body type is different, if your metabolism is different mm-hmm. and you can have more of those things surrounding you and and still maintain that physique then sure i mean like it's like you said it's different for every person yeah and so i think it's just being realistic about what's doable maintainable like what makes sense for you because it's different for everybody and i had the same experience you know like there was this certain body that i wanted and then you know i realized after years and years that i'm just not built that way my genetics like to do that, I have to live a life that is not one that I want to do because it would be hard. It would be constant work. It would be constant monitoring. And, you know, that's just who I am. And I, I you know, we can't change genetics. So, yeah. well, it, I'll figure out. <laughs> with science, maybe now we can start to well, do that. Maybe, but that's a whole, that's but... <laughs> a whole other Pandora's box yeah. that we won't For the most part, right? So it's like I had to sort of get that realization of like what is actually realistic for my body and you know what makes sense so now it's really just about doing the things that feel good to me and you know this is another piece of that that you know I wouldn't get into necessarily but with dietitians and stuff you know with this whole idea of set point weight which is everybody has this this weight range that their body is going to um, fall within naturally. Um, if you were to just kind of, you know, not go to any extreme, just eat normally, like not worry about anything one way or the other, and just kind of let your body do what it's going to do. It will fall within whatever that range is for you. And so to be higher or lower from that takes a lot of extra effort. And so I kind of realized that accidentally before I even knew that was a thing. (laughs) Um, because every time I would not be on a diet, like clockwork without even trying like my body would go back to the same range weight like all the time and so I realized like oh my god like that's where my body is intended to be when I'm not trying to mess with it and so I think that's another another piece of it too is just it's really about figuring out you know what makes sense for you and kind of working from there I'd be curious to go back, and I'm sure this has been done, so I probably should just look some stuff up, but, like, I wonder at what point body image became such a prevalent thing. Like, I imagine that different throughout different points in history, people were conscious about the way they looked, but with how accessible media has become, where, you know, Two three hundred years ago, the only thing you knew was the people in your immediate community. Right. Now you can literally see anybody from anywhere in the world. Yeah. Um, and I almost wonder if that is more damaging than good. I mean, I think in terms of of the body image, and I've only seen like a few things on this, but I think there's definitely stuff out there. I think this idea of 
fitting into a specific image has always been a thing. It's just changed in terms of what that image is. So I think it's been around a very long time, right? But, you know, in the past, what you were striving to attain was very different, right? So there were times in, in our past where, like, bigger heavier people like that was the image you wanted to strive for yeah so i think a lot of it is you know body image i think is very much society based right that's where it's coming from it's this idea that whatever time we're living in like somebody you know whoever has more of the power and control right in our society like sets this idea of this is what you should be attaining And that's what people are striving for. And it's just changed. I mean, even in my lifetime, like, you know, we've gone from wanting to be really thin um, to now I think the big thing is really being athletic looking, right? And muscular. And so I think that's what it boils down to. It's, It's the same concept. It's just what is the thing that we're supposed to be at this time. Right, yeah. I mean, when you brought that up, like the athletic look, I'm thinking just even just in sports alone, like the baseball mm-hmm. players and, you know, the football players from decades ago, like now now the big focus is on, you know, being muscular, being toned. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, if you look at guys in the 80s, there was probably some of that in the 80s. Like, I'm, I'm a huge Mets fan. So I think back to, like, the 1986 championship Mets and like guys like Daryl Strawberry was Daryl Strawberry was like a thin lanky guy he wasn't this jacked up figure and now you have all these players in professional sports men and women's sports like you know with these muscular physiques and you're right it has changed even within Mm -hmm. our lifetimes and I thought it was interesting how you brought up like a long time ago being bigger was the thing that people aspire to and I think like, if you go back to, I don't know, let's say the 1600s, that was that was the symbol of status. Like, the wealthier people in, that, in those societies had the money to eat well and to indulge right. and to eat all these extravagant, have these feasts. And so right. to be bigger was a sign of, you know, wealth and, mm-hmm. and social status, whereas to be, to be thin probably meant that you weren't, you know, you didn't have the money to buy food and mm-hmm. provide food for your family. Right, Um, and now that's changed so much. Exactly. And I think that also brings up an interesting point because we've talked about body image in terms of mental health. But when you you said that, kind of a light bulb went off in my head. Do you think that, or how much do you think that body image is not just mental health, but a social health issue? Like, where do you think the balance is between those two things? Um... I think that's a major piece. And again, you know, I think my understanding of it is growing. And so I try not to say things that are going to make me look like an idiot. But, um, you know, I think there are people definitely out there who have a lot more insight into this. But I think it's absolutely an issue because the thing is, like, societally and and class-wise, like, what people can afford is a huge thing. Not mm-hmm. only that, but but based on your economic standing, right? What are you getting in terms of education about nutrition, right? right? People who are poorer are not getting that information, right? And they're, you know, I just talked to, I think Ilse and I had this conversation briefly, but she was saying, yeah, you go to the store 
and you buy, you know, ramen, for instance, mm-hmm. you can get like a package of like, I don't know, 20 for like $3 yeah. versus, you know, something else that's healthy. And so you're talking about people who are economically disadvantaged, like that's what they're going to buy because that's what they can afford. Right. And is that the most healthy thing for them to be eating all the time? Probably not, but it's what they can afford. It's what they have access to. And so I think that's a big piece of it too, is people don't have the same access to things. Right. Yeah, no, I think that is a huge issue because, um, I mean, I guess while it still holds true that the more money you have, the more food you can buy, Mm -hmm. you can also, like, if you're... If you're making the conscious effort, like, organic is a huge thing now. Like, mm-hmm. people are all about buying organic, which is great. Like, that's if you can do it, fine. I don't think that's the only way to achieve what, you know, people are trying to achieve. But I'm sure that there are benefits to it. But one of the drawbacks is that it, it is more expensive. And mm-hmm. it does limit access to a certain socioeconomic mm-hmm. group of people. Absolutely. Um, and that's not to say that you can't eat, quote-unquote, healthy on a lower budget because there are people who do it but i think it it is easier there are more there are more of the healthier healthy quote-unquote options available to you mm-hmm. if your your socioeconomic status is, is a little bit higher than right. it is if you're you're living below the poverty line yep so i think that does play a big role too yeah so i mean it's interesting that body image kind of is this mix of like it's totally a mental health issue but it's the social aspect feeds into mm-hmm. it significantly, and then the physical aspect feeds into it significantly. Yeah. Um, so, going back to the the body image blog, mm-hmm. you know, this is just starting out. Um, if you were to define the term body image, what would that definition be? It's funny because I've I've Googled this before just to see, in, like, in general what the actual definition of body image is, um, which is, I forget, something about, like, your subjective, you know, how you see yourself. But mm-hmm. um, I think that's really is what it, what it is when you boil it down, right? Body image is really, you know, how you see yourself physically most times in comparison to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's kind of how you feel about yourself based on that. Um, and I think that's really what it boils down to. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I I did the same thing when we started talking about putting this collection together and I, when when I agreed to, you know, do some writing on it myself, I thought, okay, like, well, what the first thing that comes to mind are my struggles with my weight. Um, and that felt like kind of the textbook definition of body image and but i googled it and it kind of was the same result i was like okay there's not it's not really an exact definition it is going to be based on your perception of yourself and largely that you know is compared to other people right in the video that you had sent for the for the trailer Mm -hmm. for the promo video um you mentioned the idea of uh something that body image being something that we need to take back and reclaim Mm -hmm. what does that mean to you exactly like where does that come from where does that idea come from and how do you think that plays a role in what we're doing I think what made me think of that was of course first my personal experience was you know much of my experience with my body image has been like we said based on other people 
right? Like me seeing other people and how I compare to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, usually in a way that is wrong, quote unquote. And so my body image has always been based on that, based on what was not right, what was, you know, what I needed to attain mm-hmm. um, in comparison to other people. And so it took my feelings about myself and how I appeared to the world very much out of my control in a lot of ways. Sure. Um, and so for me, reclaiming that is really like taking that back and saying, you know what? I don't have to feel wrong or bad about how I look um, anymore. And so how do I work on taking that back and saying, you know what? No, this is who I am. This is what works for me. This is what I want. And that is okay. So it's sort of taking back the power a little bit. Okay. Um, and I think I, I feel that way for a lot of this with other people is, you know, these images that we get, the messages that we get, you know, it really takes over how we feel about ourselves and how do we sort of say, no, like I have the power and control to decide who I am and, you know, my worth based on how I look, whatever. And how do I work on taking that back and, and taking back that control? Right. I think that's a, I mean, I definitely think that's a, like a valuable thing to do. Uh, I think it's, you're right. Like we have, generally speaking, we do put a lot of stock in what other people, what other people say to us and about us. And that for a lot of people kind of shapes how they feel and how they perceive themselves. Yeah. Um, when you, and actually when you were talking about reclaiming, I started to think in my mind, like the word reclaim implies that at one point I had claimed that Mm. ownership over over my own body. And I'm wondering, like, I I don't even know, to be honest, uh, if there was ever a point in my life where I internalized my perception of my body and myself in a Mm. way that I felt I had a claim on it in the first place. Mm -hmm. So for me, I, I get like what you mean by reclaim, but for me, I almost wonder if this is just you know, claiming my body for the first time yeah. kind of uh, a journey for me. And I don't, I don't want to say it for the first time because there's definitely been, especially like my weight has fluctuated over the last 13 years. I've, I haven't gone on like the diets, but I've changed my eating habits several times mm. over the last 13 years and seen my weight fluctuate based on that. And so in those times where I did say, okay, I need to make a conscious effort to make these changes um, I guess I can say that, yes, that was me claiming right. control over my body. So I guess I would say now I'm reclaiming it also. Mm-hmm. Um, but before, you know, not that long ago, I think there was a period of time growing up where I just never had any sense of what that was like to, right. to really have control over that for myself. Because it, when you're young, when you're that young, it's not really a thought that you have. It's not a thought that mm. usually crosses many kids' minds. And then, you know, come, I think, middle school, when I can't think of many people at all who have ever said, oh, yeah, middle school was great. Like, so many people <laughs> yeah. had a miserable experience yeah. in middle school with peers, mm-hmm. just whether it's bullying or whatever it is. Like, so many people had a miserable time in middle school. And I think that is kind of for me where things turn sour i used to i used to not have an issue being like a goofball like i'm a goofy my personality mm-hmm. i like to joke around i'm, I'm usually pretty lighthearted. um 
and I'm like a goofy person. And I always mm-hmm. was that until like fourth, fifth grade when I started gaining weight. And kids started mm-hmm. to notice and they started to make fun. And after that, I became extremely self-conscious and I started getting all this negative attention and being made fun of. And it honestly just became, rather than like taking control of it, I just said, all right, you know what? If this is the attention I'm going to get, I'd rather not be visible at all. So I mm-hmm. did everything in my power to not get people's attention, mm-hmm. which I don't, looking back on it, I wish that I could have handled it differently. But for what my mental capacity was at the time and the way I was thinking about it, the only option was to retreat and to protect myself. Yeah. Um, so I feel like with the, with the in your own skin collection, I think it's great that we're all going to, it seems like we're all going to be talking about somewhat different things. And I'm wondering like, as we're talking about this now, if, if I might focus a little bit more on, um, not just as an adult, how I think about my body and how we as adults think about our bodies, but especially as a new dad now too, like, raising my son and and any future children that I might have like how can we communicate to the future generations that this is an important thing before they start to really internalize a lot of the negativity Mm. that they might find in school or on tv yeah um yeah I think that's a pretty big challenge that we should definitely have on our minds and consider absolutely that's that's like a really sobering thought to think like okay I'm gonna have to teach my son i mean i i I know that that's my responsibility as a parent but like that's Mm -hmm. a that's a major like i'm gonna have to make sure that my son and daughter if i have one or other sons if i have you know another boy in the future like i'm gonna have to make sure that they they have an understanding of themselves to be confident in the way they look no matter what anybody else is saying about them absolutely and i think you know it is a scary <laughs> sort of ask, but at the same time, I think that's the benefit of your awareness and other people's awareness is I think once you're aware of how this has impacted you and and how you feel about it, that's going to come off to them. You know, I think when we don't acknowledge that and we sort of try and ignore it, it's like we unknowingly pass along these insecurities but when we're comfortable with these things and we and we talk about it I mean just talking about it in general is important um I think it has the impact that we want you know and so I think just having these conversations is so important continue on to hear part four of this episode